Comics presents On Some Hip Hop Shit. Welcome to On Some Hip Hop Shit from a nerd perspective. Presented by Meltdown Comics and Collectibles. On Some Hip Hop Shit is a weekly podcast where we delve into all kinds of stuff, but primarily the civilization of hip hop and and comics culture. Nerd culture. (laughs) Nerd culture, comic culture. What we mean by that is... Anything that has to do with animation, anime, nerdy pop culture, cosplay, whatever. It's all fair game. And usually it's on some hip-hop shit. Most deaf. Yes, and we are broadcasting live from Meltdown Comics and Collectibles, Hollywood, California. I'm Adam S., a.k.a. Wednesday's Finest. I'm joined by... (laughs) B. (laughs) B. Schultz of Street Legends, Inc., Brando Calrissian. There you go. And who we got here, Brando? We got our recurring ne'er do well, self uno. What up, though? AKA Josh. AKA. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know some more. Yeah, AKAs? I don't know, man. I just love saying AKA, man. It's like, a, <laughs> if you're going to bring the AKAs, AKAs, though, you have to come with it, dude. Yeah. You need to be like well, AKA know. mom spaghetti, <laughs> AKA. I just, know. I just gave myself an AKA, and this is the first time, so <laughs> I, I did that. You're the coach and horses lover. Oh, who? That's like, AKA coach and horses. All right, so. wait, hold on. Let me put on some music here because we got a special guest here. We got a, spe- a very special guest. Who is it, Brando? Ladies and gentlemen, we have with us comics, pop culture, man of the world, international man of mystery. Ooh. I don't even know who he is. (laughs) (laughs) I like He goes by the name of Food Wunner. Oh. A.K.A. Jim. My food. A.K.A. Food. A.K.A. JimMyFood.com. That's the most interesting I like last it. name, by the way. Mafood? Yeah, not our real last name, which uh, might not be a huge shock to people. But Damn. Uh, it's properly, it's Mafouz, M-A-H-F-O-U-Z is the Le- Lebanese mm. spelling and pronunciation. And All when right. my great-grandparents came over to Ellis Island, the, the white people there didn't know what they were saying. <laughs> and so they were like, we're gonna just put the English word food in your name. Like we don't mafuz, we don't know what that is, so it's mafood now. And 
since then, there's been generations of us in America with this really bizarre last name that people are like, what? That is that so name? typical Ellis Island, man. Like, <laughs> bastards. Come on. But son. most people's names were changed. Most yeah. No, it's true. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, well, I'd like to propose a toast. Mm. Yes. What up? To Mr. Mafuz. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, cheers. 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 And, and Brando, cheers. Yeah. what are we doing here? We sipping on. What we you sipping, sipping on, on cat? Sipping on a little bit of absolute. So smooth. Absolute straight. Absolute straight. In a plastic it cup. It burns. Enough to give your chest, chest hairs a perm. <laughs> this is sipping on. Sipping on. What you sipping on? I also, I'd like to shout out Mason Booker, our engineer and producer here. Big Mason, the place. Nice. So, uh, now that we got the name out of the way, yeah. what's what's happening, Jim? How you doing? I'm yeah. great. How are you guys? Yeah, it's been fantastic. This uh, On Some Hip Hop shit has been really fun. I've enjoyed it. Uh, it's really kind of getting a chance because to talk about hip hop and comics. Yeah. Because it, it, there's really a crossover. It's an incredible crossover. Yeah. When did it first start crossing over for you? I, um, I mean, I noticed like when I went to college at art school in Kansas City in the early '90s. I noticed that me and all my friends that were doing underground comics and self-publishing zines and stuff were all into underground hip hop, and all the guys at the time that were DJing, throwing their own hip hop parties, and writing graffiti we're all looking at comics. So there, to me, it was always like an interconnected thing of um, DIY culture, almost like a punk rock thing, where especially, especially like I said, in the early 90s, uh, pre-internet, everyone was just doing their own stuff because no one was hiring any of us to, mm. to, to pay us or do anything. So the DJs were like, we'll just have our own parties and our own like art lofts. The graffiti writers were like, we'll have our own art shows and paint in the streets because fuck everybody. And the comic artists, like my friends and I, were like, well, Marvel and DC are not going to hire us even though we're sending them samples. So we're just going to self-publish our own stuff. And so the the sensibility of all of it was the same sensibility, you know, whether it was the music or the actual physical, physical books yeah. or... Um, so to me, it was always like the aesthetic was always there. Yeah. No, and you could see yeah. it. You could see that definitely in your wild style, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is great because you now, do have an original style. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. I I try to make it stand out as a brand, which is something that everybody says now. It's like you got to have your own brand, but it was really growing up with comics and being a fan of anime and all this. And then, like I said, when I went to college and met real graffiti writers I would go out with them at night and I tried painting but I was a toy like I just couldn't do it but I would go out and just watch them and their complete audacity of just like don't sketch it whatever fuck it just do it like attack the wall just do it quickly under the cover darkness to me I was like that's incredible and that takes huge balls and I love I love the spontaneity and energy what if I just took that aesthetic and put it into finished work that I was doing at home mm. and instead of looking over my shoulder for the mm. cops I'm still at home but I'm bringing that spontaneity and energy yeah. and that's when people started seeing my stuff in the 90s and being like oh it has like this graffiti thing to it and I was like yeah that that was just kind of through osmosis like that just happened but 
To me, it's not really graffiti because those guys, that name is reserved for the dudes with balls that actually go out and break the law. Right. So I was just kind of trying to pick up on their aesthetic and, and sensibility. Okay. That's dope. That's dope. And I thought about that. That's self's background is graffiti writing from New York. Right. All the way to LA. Yeah. And, I'll, and that's something I thought about whenever I saw your work was not just you know, graffiti or whatever, but you had that, you just had a casual approach. Like, yeah, it was that spontaneous, but at the same time, definitive, you know, mm-hmm. type of style. Like it was almost like you were just inking, you right, know, right, right, you're just right. going straight to inks, <laughs> skip yeah, the pencils, yeah, forget the pencils, yeah. thicks and thins, you know what I mean? Yeah. Your line quality. What, I mean, did you go to art school? Did everyone tell you that was wrong? Yeah, I went to Kansas City Art Institute. Um, I just wanted to do comics, and when I got to school, the teachers were all like, forget about this comic stuff. You got to learn how to really draw and paint, which is true, but I wound up getting lucky and hooking up like freshman year with this dude who was a year older than me in school. His name's Mike Huddleston. He's illustrating The Strain right now for Dark Horse, the uh, Guillermo del Toro TV show. He's illustrating that book. But him and I met. Like when I was a freshman, he was a sophomore and just clicked and formed a studio and started doing our comics. But I learned more from him and the guys in my class that were doing graffiti comic stuff than I did the actual school. Right. So it, it was kind of funny because like by junior year, most of the teachers were kind of like, these guys are just going to do their own thing. Like, we'll, we'll, you know, whatever. <laughs> we're just they're They're self-publishing and this and that. Yeah. And then the crazy shit is by senior year, senior year second semester before graduation i got my first gig doing this book called generation x underground for marvel Mm. so like all the naysayers in in the school and on campus that were like comics aren't art whatever i was like i'm already working right i got a a job you're getting paychecks no doubt like i got a job already from marvel like i no disrespect but i was (laughs) just like fuck everybody i'm out like i don't want you know not to be a dick but i was like this is what i came here for and most of the other people at the school are just these elitist like poser trust fund kids that are doing sculptures of things that I don't even know what it is. Right. I went through the illustration program, which was like, you're given a couple assignments a week and you're forced to make deadlines. And it, do, it that is actual proper training for like being an, either an illustrator or a comic artist, whatever. But I True. went through the one program that had a, a discipline in the school. Mm. The rest of it was just kind of like, right sculpture, fine art painting, you know, and it was like, just like kids hanging out, bullshitting. Right. right. Which is, is cool too, but. And, and that's, that's why right now is actually an exciting moment because you come from this underground aesthetic, this self-publishing aesthetic, but you got books on the shelves, Mm -hmm. like now with, other publishers as well as you know doing your own thing so, yeah so um one that i was able to cop I, I i went to try to get tank girl yeah which is um who, who's that published by it's uh titan books, titan out, of the, books. out of the uk they were like oh no that's been gone i'm like they're on a thursday they're like <laughs> no that's, yeah no. those go fast yeah. i guess so that one can't stay on the shelves this is um one that you're drawing yeah and uh, Howard the Human, yeah, which is back full cir- circle to Marvel. Right. Talk to us about how that 
how that come about? That um, I've known Scotty Young for a long time, and that's another cat that's like huge hip hop fan. That him and I connected in the late '90s uh, at conventions, and we were like, "Oh, we're nice. both doing the same thing and like the same stuff: comics, underground rap music." And um, we were always looking for something to do together. And he he has enough clout at Marvel now that he can just sort of pitch whatever, and they'll mm. say yeah. So. I was originally supposed to do a fill-in issue of uh, Rocket Raccoon oh, that he's writing, but instead he was kind of like, I have this crazy, uh, crazier idea mm-hmm. of like, what if we did Howard the Duck stuck in a human's body in an all-animal universe? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know how high you are and you came up with this, but that sounds great to me. <laughs> so he got it cleared at Marvel. It was all him, and then right. they approved of me drawing it. It's amazing what Secret Wars did, and right? Yeah, it I don't. Just, it just opened the door, right? And I don't. I actually don't know how our book ties in to Secret Wars. People have asked me. I don't Cause think like a it does. Battle World, maybe. Who knows? It's just okay. a different reality. Okay. So then it does tie in. Yeah, yeah. man. I mean, okay. anything ties in right now. I mean, they're doing the E for Extinction. You know, the old. Uh, uh, we, when Grant Morrison took over the X Men, so right. they got a thing. They got the X Men '92. Right. You know, it's whatever, whoever, just get a chance to go at it. Yeah. And for you guys to get to do that, it was fun as hell. Mm. And Scotty wrote to my drawing strengths, and it was nice. cool too because Marvel let me bring my my colorist, my boy Justin Stewart, who colors most of my stuff. Cool. They let me bring him along, and we just kind of made it our thing, and um. It it did well and like mm-hmm. I, I was surprised because like all the online reviews and blogs like super nerdy comic right. things all seem to dig it. That's cool. So sometimes you know if you're on Twitter and stuff, I saw Twitter people on Scotty's feed saying like this art I don't like it. Uh-huh. It's weird. What is this? What are you doing, Scotty? You know, and right. he was just like, oh, we're this we're just having fun. Like yeah. don't even yeah. worry. Yeah. Like relax. Yo, that you was know. a pick of the week at at Meltdown here. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Meltdown. Yeah, no, it was. They, I read that. I loved it. I recommend it. I recommend it for sure because, just like you said, this is the possibilities of where it could go. You're a, a, a publisher like Marvel. If you're not taking some swings for the fences, you know, right on on fringe, you know, characters or what will be considered fringe characters. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Howard the Duck, you know? Yeah. You're not going to do Howard the Duck again. Right. So that's a genius idea. Breathe bring some life into it from a completely 180 degree. Yeah. It's turn. weird, too, because for me, I've done a lot more work for Marvel than I have DC. And it uh. seems like Marvel, for some reason, has a bit more of a experimental, weird aesthetic where they sometimes allow these kind of projects to right. happen where... My very first gig, man, like I said, in, in college was doing this very weird, subversive, black and white comic book called Generation X Underground based on the Teenage X-Men team. Mm. And they let me write it, draw yeah. it, letter it. It was very, very I think bizarre. I remember that. I think I remember that, and I didn't even know you then, but I think I remember that. It was very bizarre that it happened, and that's the book I took. To, I was like working on that book, and I took it to San Diego Comic-Con in 97, and I showed... Kevin Smith and those guys that book and that's the book that got me the clerk's gig. Ah. That was my that was my first um Mafood okay. uh, exposure. Yeah. The yeah. clerk stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was all it all happened like 
kind of at the same time. It was That's cool. dope. That's cool. It's awesome that Marvel was the entry point. I mean, it's <laughs> I know, very right? weird. Like, who does that? It's weird. <laughs> I mean, that's, it is very weird. That's reverse engineering. Right, Because right? that does not happen. Yeah. I'll drink to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, cheers, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Bo- Excelsior. Yes. Excelsior. True yeah. believers. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, that's super dope. Did you get a, did you get a one-on-one with Stan? No, I've never, I've never met him. Okay, I've been in like the same room as him. I've seen him, mm-hmm. but it's, um, it's a trip that he. I mean, he's still, he's, he's still alive. Still, he's he's out there, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, no, yeah. <laughs> nah, he's he still was, cameoing in every film. It's amazing. No, he he was actually just here at Meltdown too. Mm-hmm. Not oh, really? Too, not too long ago, they did a, a filming where he, I, I, some movie happened. the The scene was supposed to be in France, I think, or England, and. They're walking. There's a guy walking down the street. He goes into the local comic book store, and Stanley's doing a signing, and they filmed that here. Oh, cool. Okay, okay. But you know, we got pictures of Stanley yeah. at Meltdown next yeah. to yeah. Mel the Alien. So right. there it is. You know, I mean, when that guy's in the room, I don't care who you are or what you think about anything. Yeah. You got to respect a man who You're developed feeling that, shit. that yeah. man, that many, that many characters. I mean, right. he, he just came up with it all. He well, he supported. He supported it in full. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. no matter who was creating it, no matter who was coming up with it, he was the backbone and he was the the supporter and the, the trumpeter for all of it. Yeah. And know? we actually saw a film not too long ago, yeah. documentary on the comics. history of comics. Yeah. Com- called Comics. Right. With an X. Yeah. Is that new? It is. Yeah, it's new. It premiered in Westwood. And it's our dude. Um, I don't, I don't, you know. I gotta look it up. But I know it's, <laughs> right. it's your dude. Wait, 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 wait. It's Michael. It's Sh- Michael. Shout, I just don't shout know. Shout out to Absolute. Shout out yeah, to Absolute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holler. That's the our, our dude going on. Yeah. But his name is Michael. I just didn't remember his last I name. Don't sweat it out. It's all it's good. Good. Yeah, I'm so, all right, so sorry. Man. We tell sorry, Michael. Man. Michael, he actually made this movie over the course of eight or ten years. Oh wow! Yeah. And he was at Comic Con the years that you know the early aughts. You know, yeah. And, yeah. And when we were all there and just getting random interviews. And it, the whole thing got brought together with some really cool motion graphics, amazing interviews. Nice. And uh, it was the first thing that I seen that was just felt really even handed. It mm-hmm. didn't paint like one person as the villain, you know, right. against the, the publishing company being the villain. It was just all about like, okay, this this is what happened. This yeah. is how it happens. Yeah. It's all in, in the flow of business in a lot of ways. And by the way, it's comics beyond the comic book pages. Yeah. And cool. it's comicsthemovie.com. Comics the movie. Highly Sorry, recommended. Sorry, Michael. Yeah. Hey, yo. You run your last name. <laughs> That's okay. Which I don't even know. It's all, all right. good, <laughs> So anyway, so, Jim, you're you're doing Marvel. You get into the Clerks. I mean, what was that like? Because at that point, Kevin Smith is That was Yeah, that was huge. just good timing. And um, they had just put out Chasing Amy, so Kevin was, like, riding a high again and was, like, on top of things and he hooked up with this real famous editor named Bob Shrek. Bob edited all Frank Miller's like Sin City stuff at okay. Dark Horse. Okay. So Bob left Dark Horse and formed this company called Oni Press with this cat named Joe Nosmack. And they're in San Diego in ninety seven, had no books out, but just had like a booth and a cover of the Clerks comic book drawn by Gilbert Hernandez and a cover of Bad Boy, the Frank Miller Simon Bisley book. Sick. So I showed my work to Bob. Bob was like, oh. And then he showed it to Kevin. 
And then a couple weeks later, those guys called me and were like, can you like do some sketches and kind of audition for us? And then I got it. And that was, I mean, that was really like the launching point. Cause once that book came out, I was doing signings with Kevin and it's like literally no one knew me. And then I'm sitting next to Kevin Smith at conventions with like a line down mm. the convention center. You know what you I mean? Were, you were feeling the reflected glow. Right. So I got to ride his, you know, the coattails yeah. into, uh, some some you know fame I guess into or the biz into the biz whatever but it was it was cool man and him and his whole crew like they're all good dudes and I wound up years later becoming pretty tight with um his producer Scott Mosier and Scott and I have had different projects around town mm-hmm. that like you said like I could tell you stories about shit that we've had that didn't go through but nice. um, I want we'll get I into want, that I want to know so yeah, we'll yeah it's just like the, that whole crew I they're just they're good dudes. Speaking of that era, um, so you had uh, all this exposure, mm-hmm. but it's not like you weren't like getting it in. Like you had a lot of, you did a lot of work. Yeah. Early on in your career. Yeah. So what was your first, um, you know, self-motivated, you know, title after that Clerks? Um, I originally self-published two like girl scout comic books right. of my weed dealing yeah. badass chicks yeah. before that in 95 and okay. then that got me the attention of the marvel the marvel got me clerks and then after clerks i wound up staying at oni press and doing a creator own girl scout series in like 1998 four mm-hmm. issue miniseries and then i stayed at oni for as long as bob stayed and did creator own stuff and then bob took off and became the Batman editor at DC and mm. moved to New York, mm. took on Batman. And then I basically brought all my creator own stuff over to image comics where right. it's been since. Yeah. And since that era, it's been like various comic book series, lots of freelance illustration stuff. I moved to LA in 2002, um, from, from Arizona. I was in Arizona for six years where, what were you doing? Staying I'm, cool. Were you riding horses? I met this girl. Uh, <laughs> I met okay. this girl. It's always a girl. Uh, isn't it? I, this, I was the chick I was dating in Kansas City. I graduated and I was looking for a way out of the Midwest. Mm. And she was moving to Arizona. I had never even been to Arizona. Had she been to Arizona? Yeah. Okay. So I was like, Arizona's close to the West Coast. I'm just gonna move and right. get the fuck yeah. out of it's the Midwest. It's real close, depending. I mean, were right. you in Phoenix? Or were you we in? were in Tempe, right Tempe. by the okay. college. Right by all right, ASU. all right, ASU. But the the crazy thing. It all happens for a reason, a cliche, but... That's what they say. I got got to AZ, and her and I didn't work out at all. But then, in like the first month of living there, I was at a coffee shop, met this graffiti writer dude who saw me drawing in my sketchbook, invited me to this thing called Mission Control every Thursday night at Nita's Hideaway, and it was DJ Z Trip. Oh, sick. Hell yeah. DJ Radar and DJ Emil, the bomb shelter DJs. There it is. Yo. DJ crew I've ever Hell seen. Hell yeah. That was their weekly, and it was the number one weekly in Arizona. So I go down there. Oh, my God. Z-Trip kills. I see these guys. My mind is just, like, completely blown. Yeah, one of my one of my like most favorite live shows I've ever seen was Z-Trip at the, uh, what was it, on Wilshire, uh, the El Rey. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was, like, 2001 or something like that. Like, 2002. My, I, I was painting 2002? live at that was show. It? Yeah. My man, he was so He's sick, dude. Great. He was mixing the Van Halen yeah. with the, this and the Black Sabbath and yes. the end of that. And the, uh, the, it was so ill. That was, was his thing. There? Yeah. 
That was when I. F- that was literally like the first week or two I'd been in LA. So wow. sick. Dude. So we. So he invited me to eventually start doing live art every week at Nita's Hideaway, and that's where I got, I got like my live art chops. And then he wound up moving to LA, and he, you know, he was one of the reasons. Like I kind of followed him a couple years after, and then he's doing his thing, I'm doing my thing, but. Um, We've been good friends, but That's yeah, he, cool. I mean, seeing all that stuff in the late nineties happen, it was like, I kind of saw him like invent the whole mashup culture. Oh, like, he yeah. destroyed that shit. Yeah. He, no, he really he did. Dude. Created it. No, the live mashup too. Yeah. Like where he was, I mean, I really can't even put into words like the effect that he had on a room full of everybody 6,000 people yeah. you know what I'm saying like and it didn't matter because it could be all yeah. cultures too and it was it, that's the whole point it's like he was mixing the rock with the rap with the jazz with the with the everything and the turntablism and, man, it and was the all, showmanship and it was seamless and it was all records yeah no no doubt. yeah no it was so when we were doing the weekly official. when we were doing the weekly and he's hideaway it was me on this stage with these three DJs just turntables mixers and maybe a sampler but mad crates of records all over the stage and everyone's drinking getting faded smoking weed i'm like tripping over crates of records trying to paint but <laughs> it was all vinyl it was dude. spontaneous and then at the end of the night we'd all be drunk and we would all be like loading crates of records into the backs of their trucks it's awesome. just like a, it's that ink stains thing that she was doing right yeah it's just I mean, like a like, thing that doesn't happen anymore that maybe it'll come maybe back it does or, uh, i mean it's not happening for us necessarily right. like but yeah. i mean for some some kids out there they might be doing that now but yeah like yeah. but for sure it's not happening in that way right you know like like we were talking uh with james about um james you know Rotano, about, about root down you know and and those cats like dj dusk and, oh, and, Egon yeah. and those cats you know dj dusk rest in peace but yeah. like but like uh, you know, that's what you're saying too. It's like that those those events had the live painting. The coffee was painting. Yes, you know, like Mir or, or like whoever. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and then your painting was Z Trip, and it's like the art is an essential part of that live experience of people coming together to hear all of that and then get a visual aspect right. of it. Did they, did they well. approach you, Jim? Yeah, I mean, I met them and showed them my sketchbook and then they just were sort of like oh you should you should be part of this like they just immediately embraced me which i thought was kind of a cool and ballsy thing for them to do but at the time there was no one else in tempe or no one else in arizona really doing like i had just shown up and was like i'm new i'm working for marvel comics and people were like you're you're working for marvel right who the fuck are you? Like, who are you? Yeah, mm. that's a and pass so, if I ever heard yeah. of one. Yeah, <laughs> and, so, and it, it helped that like Emil and Z Trip were old school like comic book heads, so they they were just sort of like, oh, you, you're you're like part of our crew. Like, come, you're yeah. down, paint, right. do this. Yeah, and your style so, lends your, lends itself to that kind of thing. It's yeah. spontaneous. It's it's bold. You're using brush strokes and like you're you're just getting down with that yeah. shit. You know, using washes and 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 all that kind of stuff. Right. You know? So and and not for nothing, it does seem to me personally that your stuff is really influenced by music. Oh, completely. You know, it's not as if you're not like yeah, totally vibing with music while you're creating, right. or you're not influenced by certain things that you're you know expressing. Right. And that's one of the things that I loved about Girl Scouts is like it was just very 
blatant about the influences that were running through your brain bad brain cds and yeah. you know fishbone the influences, Hell yeah, cat. It, it was yeah the influences are literally written on like the wall like yeah. in the panels there's like posters of the bands right. and a soundtrack that I'm like, you should listen to this when you read it. And yes, the characters are literally yes, talking yes. about. No, that's what's up too because, and, it, you know, that mm. was my way of almost like, I'm going to brainwash readers into like what I think is the good Yeah, shit. because it was it's not subtle. Artists, no, it wasn't subtle at all. It's like Artists how, have to do that though. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you want to give them the soundtrack to the, to the visuals that you're creating. You know, mm -hmm. you want to tell them, look, this is my influence. Yeah. But don't, you know, I mean, it's not subtle, but you're still not beating them over the head with it. Well, you know, it's like you're putting it in the background and you're telling them, you know, put this on. You know right. And it's also the, the, to me, the foundation of hip hop, which is constantly paying respect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, for me, any, you listen to like KRS one, we talk about him a lot. Right. But a lot of his live show is about paying respect to the people and knowing the culture. Yeah. That's what you were doing in your art. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, it's it's like, it's kind of like I said. I mean, I thought you know if if young kids younger than me are looking at my stuff, I'm doing I was doing that stuff when I was in my twenties. I'm like, oh, if a sixteen year old yeah. is seeing this, he probably doesn't know who Boogie Down Productions is or Cool Keith or Bad Brain. So maybe my book will be the conduit to him going in this realm of having his mind blown by like, wait. Bad brains, hip sex pistols, hip what, them to that. You know, yeah. you you were doing a public service, <laughs> no like, doubt. It, no, that's how it came off. Like, yeah. I mean, without enjoying it for sure, but being like, oh man, he's just dropping it all. Like, mm -hmm. You're not gonna, like, what's crazy to me about Girl Scouts and we have Felipe Smith on the show. Oh yeah, that's my boy. With both you guys' books, like I had kids, you know, uh -huh. so I would read you guys' books and then I would hide them. Like, <laughs> right? yeah, I would hide them so good. My people choose <laughs> are mad in the closet. There, like, well, my kids are Felipe, not getting near that dude, shit. Yeah, there was one moment where I had my people choose. I just had. I was like, if my children ever find this, they will be ruined. <laughs> and I gave them away. That's funny. So I'm oh, looking son. for the people choose getting ready to have the you know sit down with Felipe. Yeah, I don't, I don't have it. <laughs> He's but, a mad man. I had yeah. it. No, okay. Super talented too. Amazing. Oh hell yeah. And you guys are cut from the same cloth in the fact that you just get it in with the amount of work that you produce on yeah. a high level. So um talk about drink and draw. Um and just those days where we first met because I was running around with Mark and Mike, the Mad Twins, yes. doing early blockheads. blockheads. Yeah. Yeah. But man Whoa, in our boots. Those guys, those guys are awesome. Cat. Exactly. It's my dudes. <laughs> those guys are great. We were making toys. We were figuring out how to make a comic book because we actually came from an animation background. Yeah. not know anything about comics. But talk about those days, like preview night, you know, Comic-Con like oh three yeah man oh four like that we era. i mean i started setting up at comic-con in 98 and i would usually set up with this really talented buddy of mine scott morse mm -hmm. who's like huge huge animator now at pixar mm -hmm. doing incredible stuff there he'll be a director one day soon mm -hmm. um but we would do the booth all five days and then we kind of you know there was a there was a really good club in downtown san diego called the honey beehive and we knew djs that lived in san diego and so every year we would do our comic-con uh live art party and that that party was one of the first times a big kind of international comics audience mm. saw 
live art mm-hmm. and the DJs and the art being mixed. And it was like, oh, some of my favorite comic book artists are here, and now they're painting these huge pieces, and everyone's getting drunk and dancing and having a great time. Yeah. Um, you could get a lot away with a lot more then because it was like the companies and the and the movie studios hadn't moved in yet right. to rent out all the spaces. Right. So, you know, we had a good run there of, of like doing these crazy parties and just having having a those are the best parties. getting loose with everybody, man. Yes. That's yes. hilarious. Those are the best parties. So, and it, it was also it was also like one of the first times I saw comic geeks and people in cosplay. All and and hip hop and club people, right? Just all getting together in a social situation, and there's no barriers. Everyone's just partying, having a good time that's, together. That's probably the inspiration for this podcast. You know, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, you know, those, those times, those moments. You know, because it, that it it did feel like it was one thing. Yeah, there was no separation, and it was the best thing about yeah. Comic Con, like preview night, Thursday night. Jim and Scott were doing live painting at a party, and someone was going to be spilling, spinning, spinning. and Shout- spilling. Brandon would be spilling. I would be spinning. <laughs> spilling. No. Spilling, B. Yeah, I would be spinning. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. And spilling. And spilling. And right. spilling. Drink and all spilling. over the podcast table. <laughs> Shout out to Absolute. <laughs> once, once again. Yes. yes. It's funny, though, dude, you say spilling because I think a lot of the kids that showed up to these parties were sort of outcast people that went to Comic-Con, spent right. all their money to go to Comic-Con, kids yeah. from different cities. And and some of these kids would co- go to the shows and just get buck wild because yeah. they're not used to partying. And no one in their town <laughs> parties with them because they're like geek culture wasn't popular yet. Right. So it was like, they're like the one Doctor Who fanatic in their town. And then suddenly they're in San Diego. They're around like hot girls are at a club. They're getting faded. We mm. saw many nerds just like... Take a dive, fall, <laughs> and there was also there was also a couple of kids in the cruise whose name I won't names I won't mention who were Don't underage at the time. Don't blow them up. And they would come in with us and help us bring our gear in before the club opened, and then they would hide in the bathroom until the night officially started, nice. so that they could come out and not be carded right. and party and be mm. like, "Hey, I'm 19 or I'm 20, but right. I'm not supposed to be here." But um, for me, it was like. Don't tell them I got you in, and don't lose your shit. But right. you should be able to experience this party because this, Hell is, this yeah. is the shit. This is Hell the shit. yeah! Hell yeah! I mean, my, some of my favorite memories were when I was uh, not even in high school yet, and some teenagers were bringing me into a bar <laughs> on St. Mark's Place, dude. Like, I mean, there those is. are your those are right. the times of your life, right there. Yeah. Man, you know, mm-hmm. especially if you're an outcast, especially if you're, you know, like you're saying, the one Doctor Who fan in your town. And you're yeah. getting together with all these other cats. It's a way to unite people, man. It was cool. It really is, dude. You know, speaking of times of your life, um, you know, I used to always get so pissed off because, you know, Comic-Con is the ultimate celebration of the artist. But when you're an artist and you're alternative, Mm -hmm. you find a reason to draw on naked women. Right. The artists get it all. Right. (laughs) They get the naked women to draw. Yeah. That was great. This is great. That was just a fluke thing, which... A, a female friend of mine came up with this, so I can't be the one to blame. Her name is Love. Love is Love. We won't blame you, Ken. Love Ablon is a, a brilliant photographer, but I was interviewed for BPM magazine. You remember that magazine? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And for my portrait, they were like, just have your friend shoot a portrait of you. And she was like, 
Dude, you draw tons of hot women. What if you actually drew on a real hot woman? Mm -hmm. Like, what if you painted a girl with your signature, like, arrows and stars and stuff, and then she'll pose with you, and that'll be your artist photo? So we just did this on the fly, and mm -hmm. then it turned into this thing. But, like, whenever women or people talk shit to me about that thing, yeah. we used to call it the pervert train. I was like... This was just a joke that I came up with with love. Right. And it's love's fault. She's a woman. It's not even my thing. It's like she's a, a bisexual, awesome, hilarious woman who has the exact same taste as me in music, women, partying. So I'm like, this is – I'm just an innocent victim here. Like this oh. is her thing. Don't blame me. No, you right? could tell. Yeah. That you, so, you didn't have to coerce them. Right. You, you, didn't, you know, you didn't have to coerce and them. And they were some hot girls too. Well, you know, what? that's what's interesting and I definitely wanted to ask you about it. I was telling – um, Adam about this and I was like Jim has this thing of drawing women and they're like there's like a little bit of Daria in them mm -hmm. but they're still like really attractive hot shapely you know what I mean mm -hmm. there's there's a, what, where does that come from I mean how do you have these women protagonists in your books and do them so well. I mean, I just think visually, their women are just a lot more um, alluring and interesting to draw. Right, and it's true. it's basically like I view I it agree. as a real like a Co real. <laughs> <laughs> I view it as a real simple thing. Like men are all like straight lines when you draw them, and right. women. This goes back to the graffiti flowing like hip hop thing, whatever. For, when, for visuals, go to jimmafood.com. Right. That's M A H F. Double O D. Like right now. That's the real yeah. website. Yeah. And women are all like curvy, interesting, crazy lines. And I, I do lots of stuff with like their hairs, design elements, and, mm. and um, socks. That energy tube socks. Um, <laughs> and also, but just being just being a, a straight dude, being right. a dude. Yeah. It was like as a kid, being like a loser nerd kid in the Midwest who girls didn't talk to me and my friends really. It was right. like. Learning to draw women and drawing them well, that's almost like you're trying to unlock the secret a little bit. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. Maybe this will help reveal some of the mystery. The answer is it doesn't, but it's still kind of a fascinating, interesting right. thing. You, you still know? have a girl say, oh, is that me? Is did, that right, me? <laughs> right. Did you, watch, did you watch Weird Science a lot? No, but I could see how that would be <laughs> an influence. Uh, Gary and what's his name? Gary Ke was just taking a shit. Kelly LeBrock, man. Oh, she man. Was Come on, son. Ridiculous. Yeah. Too hot. Amazing. Yeah, Too damn hot. So so you draw women. Um, well. <laughs> you draw women well. You write women well. Thanks. Um, what was the odyssey like with Girl Scouts? Obviously, I was like, he's calling this shit Girl Scouts. They're like they're selling they're selling chronic in the era that you know there are no dispensaries you know but, right. and now there's Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> I know it's ironic. It's, it's come full circle. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, you, you probably should get royalties off that. Yeah, where's my food's money? My food's yeah. royalties the from food the dispensaries. One check. I do it. Why haven't the girls? Okay, so talk the us through that. So the Girl Scouts of America came after me when I put out the first two self-published really? books because I didn't have it spelled with the double R. Oh. And I was blatantly using oh, the Girl Scout symbols okay. on their outfits. <laughs> so and this was all in Kansas City and the Girl Scouts headquarters, okay. corporate headquarters, I believe, was in Kansas City or something. Is it? Okay. So Sick. they sent me an official legal like cease and desist letter. Mm. And so me Did and my roommates at the time were like, 
What's the solution to this problem? Oh, just spell the name different. Go Riot Girl. And with the it. Riot Go Girl go movement go was Gorilla happening Girl, yeah. at the time. Mm -hmm. And then we thought that was like, and I got away with it because it mm -hmm. still works. Yeah. Hell yeah. But when you first got that letter, though. Oh, dude. I, I mean, I was so, I was a little nervous because I was so poor at the time. I was like, right. Are they gonna try and sue me? Like, what are they gonna take away from me? I don't have anything. Yo, not for I nothing. I have my drawing table and yeah. like a crate of records, and that's all I own. When like, you're what? broke enough, man, you could go for it. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. Like, it's when you have something to lose that it's really a factor. But right. I mean, damn, like, let them take your records and your drawing table. There was nothing Depends to on lose. How good those records were. Yeah, well, hey, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, good point. a lot of original pressings. In there, yeah. Pressings. But so. I just changed the name and I did, you know, I did the first series through Oni, like I said, and mm. I did a, a series called Girl Scouts Work Sucks through Image in 2003. Right. Yeah. They've always yeah. been part of my repertoire of my characters. And then the coolest thing, man, fast forward to this year, this year's the 20th anniversary of Girl Scouts from the Damn. very first book I put mm. out. Wow. You're and old. And I'm, I'm old. <laughs> and Not at all. I don't know if you guys got to see it, but we did a live action 15 minute Girl Scouts pilot. Oh, for, I saw it. Uh, Ron Howard's production company called New Form Digital. I saw it. That my homie Mike Diva directed and killed. killed it was it. awesome. Nice. And, and funny. And and I'm really really happy with it, man. We worked our asses. When did off that on that it. come out recently? That just came, July. It just dropped like three months ago. Yeah. I don't okay. know. I missed it. Yeah, check it out when you I can. Was doing Tell research me where, for this where do I find this? YouTube. Um, go to YouTube to Mike Diva's page, or just go to YouTube and enter in Girl, Girl Scouts. Scouts. G R R L yeah. Scouts pilot. Fifteen um, minutes live action mixed with some of my drawings. Yeah, and mixed stuff. in. I'm well, about to do that shit. We got the three perfect girls to play the Girl oh, Scouts. Man. Mike was the perfect director. I was really happy with it. And we have like a year-long um, shopping deal with, with New Form Digital for them to shop it for us and try to get us a series. I thought it was nice. a, I mean, Gangster. if there could be a YouTube show that would be awesome, that would be it. Yeah. I really thought it fit the medium perfect, and I loved it. I, Thank you. I enjoyed it. And the girls were cute as hell. Dude, the girls were so great, man. Oh, my God. It was crazy. That's the most surreal thing, at, like the 20th anniversary, but seeing real people dressed mm. up as the girl and, like, being these characters and running around with swords, so, chopping people right. up. I was like, this is this is fucking crazy. This yeah. is awesome. What do you Came do? What do you do for that? Did you I mean besides do the animation, were you a part of the actual production? Yeah. So I met with Mike. We were hooked up together um through William Morris agency and we hit it off and then I cast it with him. We wrote it together. I art directed it mm. and I even like designed the costumes with the costume designer. Awesome. And then we went into Mike's house in the valley and turned the living room of his house into the Girl Scouts living room. So I literally painted on his wall like a huge mural. Yeah. Dope. We hung up all my canvases. So the girls' living room you see in the pilot is the living room in Mike's house. So, you know, we art directed the, the aesthetic of it all. And at the very, the finale is them interacting and having this big fight, and there's you know a lot of animated and drawn backgrounds that are yeah. my stuff. But cops getting their arms cut off. Yes, all robot good. cops. It was a blast, man. It was. It's been a. It's been a good. Good year. Yeah, I was impressed, man. I yeah. was. I was really impressed with that. It was fun. Was it was the one time, an agent like got something right. Like I just this agent from William Morris hit me up out of the blue, young kid from New York. 
And he was like, I know the Girl Scouts comic. I love it. I have this thing with Ron Howard's production company. I have this director. Check out his reel and let me know what you think. And I had never heard of Mike Diva, but he's a pretty famous YouTube guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just like Anna Akana, who plays Gwen in the Girl Scout. She's a YouTube personality. Yeah. Mm. Um, Is that the Asian? Film? Yeah. And she does a show here like once a month. Okay. And I she's in so. she's in uh, Ant Man. She's at the on. Um, I haven't seen Ant Man yet, but she's at the end of Ant Man, the end of the movie. I gotta check that. Um, I didn't. I've seen Ant Man. I didn't notice. So this YouTube thing is a whole new universe for me. But these kids are all like stars in that community, and they make great stuff. Good shit. Right. Yeah. So, nice. so where can people check? check for that they just go to Mike, youtube yeah. yeah and check out girl scouts girl, girl scouts, scouts or G-R-R-L. go to or go to youtube um slash mike diva for mike diva's channel it's on his channel as well Good. watch it share it yeah. please share it we just cry yeah. we just hit um over two hundred thousand views and we're trying to get more and more and more word of mouth the crazy thing man is like getting people on youtube to watch something longer than three minutes crazy. i've discovered is a struggle yeah yeah Wow. It's odd. People are just people are like, fifteen minutes, man. I don't know. I don't know. Is there like a four minute version? Right, right. Such bullshit. It's man. free. I don't know. That's the, I know. The, it's free. <laughs> you, you could spend fifteen minutes. It's it's crazy. Yeah. It's, yeah, well. yeah. But, uh, but we but we got to make it and and um that was kind of a, a beautiful thing for the anniversary. And then I just recently a couple weeks ago put out a self-published Girl Scouts mini-comic that's like 32 pages of new drawings and a new story with them in it. And I'm selling that on my website, jimmafu.com, and at all the conventions I'm hitting this year. Perfect. And so it's just, it's cool to revisit the characters and have this thing that's been in my life for like 20 years Mm. still be relevant and it's like I still have a connection to the characters in the universe, you know. Yeah. No. And 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 so that's that's one thing that like you said, an agent got right. Yeah, very rare. But but we sit here, you know, off of Sunset Boulevard in the Meltdown, Meltcast Podcast Studios. Mm. And I mean, we're talking about comics, we're talking about hip hop, but we're in the heart of Hollywood. Right. Or West Hollywood. As it were, yeah, yeah. yeah. Left Hollywood, it's left Hollywood. It's considered both. <laughs> both depends on who you ask. There you right. Go. And, and by uh, the way, do you remember when this place used to be just hookers? <laughs> yeah. That, that, yeah, that's what yes. Adam. That's what Adam came for. Yeah, no, nah, man. I, when I first <laughs> no, moved street- out here, I my my mind was blown. I it was, was like, notorious. I used I, to take people up here just to show them because I was from Ohio, Cincinnati. Bring them out. Show them. You guys ever seen this many hookers? Oh, wow. I yeah. lived two blocks from here, and there was mad hookers on the street, and this is actually the same neighborhood where Hugh, what's his name? Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant got and busted. Eddie Murphy. Oh, really? And Eddie Murphy got busted with hookers. And the same exact, like, within two blocks of here. And you know the Hughes brothers? The guys? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, John they, Hughes. Yeah. They did American Pimp, which uh-huh. is a documentary. Yeah, with him. Ice-T. And the Rosebud. With, <laughs> on with this two, strip. With two Ds, a double dose of this pimpin'. Yes. Used to check his bitches at All American Burger. Yes, which is now All Chipotle. American Burger. Yes, come on, I miss my All man. American. This is the neighborhood, you my man. I, I used to go there—a good place to go when you're hungover, right? Because <laughs> I, I moved into this neighborhood 11 years ago, and I'm still on Laurel. But you're right, man. Because like wh- when I first moved in the neighborhood, 
there were still girls walking the street. Yeah. Yes. And that only lasted for yes. a couple more years, and then it started to get really cleaned up. But I would go to Coaching Horses and Drink That's and stumble up. home, and I'd get close to my spot, and there, and there would just be you know girls walking around like, hey, honey, you need, you need any <laughs> company were, tonight? Yeah. I'd just be like, uh, I got to go home. No, I'm, I'm good. Can I yeah. paint on you? Can, right. can, can I walk you home? Right. Do you want to get into some weird art experiments? Yeah. You're, like, uh, you're, you're all, you're going to pay me? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. So, so we're in Hollywood, and aside from, you know, ladies of the night. You know, <laughs> <laughs> there's an industry here. And, it's, you know, and, and the film industry is where, you know, a lot of times stuff that you tr- tr- work for years can, you know, bear fruit financially. Right. Or not. Or not. Or, or or sidetrack you down an alley to where you know you're going you know in a direction that maybe you originally wouldn't have gone right you know without that carrot at the end of the stick. So I mean, talk about some of your your journeys in in, in Hollywood and how Hollywood yeah. has has come to comics and, and and tried to you know pick up pieces of what you do and and, and how that's gone. Yeah, I. I mean, one of the reasons I moved here is I, I got an optioning deal with Disney when I was still living in Arizona. I had a concept, a cartoon idea called Kid Aries, hmm. and it was about this kid who learns that he's the son of Aries, the Greek god of war, and Aries wants to retire, hmm. and he wants his kid, you know, kid to take over his legacy as, as overseeing war and destruction, and the kid's just a normal kid and doesn't want to do that, and... uh Disney got me this, you know, gave me this deal when I wound up moving here, moving to Burbank when I first got here. Paid my valley dues. Nice. Worked on the show for a little while. It didn't go anywhere, mm-hmm. but it was... Um, but it, it but was that, your show? Yeah. Oh, wow. But, and man, too, you know, at that time in 2002, it was like optioning deals. Like, you, they, they were still paying like a good chunk of money. Right. So they, they gave me the money and I moved out here and that didn't work out, but... Um, <laughs> It's very weird because I've had like three different optioning deals at Disney of mm. all places. Mm. Only, only Disney. Um, I, I've also had. Where, where else have I had stuff? That's. Yeah, I, I think that's sort of it, basically. But stuff with that. I don't know. It's weird that <laughs> like my well, and then we did you know we did stuff for. Um, MTV relaunched uh-huh. Liquid Television a couple years. Was it right. Disco Destroyer? The Disco Destroyer mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Well, that was with Scott Mosier and Joe Casey. Was dope, dude. Thank you. And we got to work with Titmouse, which to me, yeah. that was the best part of it. Yeah. Those guys Yo. are brilliant. Yeah. Yes. I love those dudes. Shout so they. Shannon. And, yes. and Chris. Crispy yeah. and, yeah. and Ben yes. Kalina. Yep. Um, those guys made my stuff look great. They did. It was dope. It, it was, was just very, weird. It was very cool, man. Thank it you. It was a comic book come to life. Yeah. Yeah. It was just weird working with MTV and Viacom because they they like relaunched the thing and then canceled it basically in the same week. Right away. Yeah. It was very very strange. I had a lot mm. of friends who worked uh with MTV in New York yeah. in the nineties at the time. Okay. You know, with the original Max and Oh yeah, yeah. You know, liquid television shit back then. And, and um it was intense. When yeah. uh downtown well, was there early for me personally earlier than that. Mm-hmm. But but Brandon knew Chris uh when they were doing uh downtown yeah. and all that other shit. Yeah. But, like some of my dudes uh were working even earlier, like the Max and, and some other shit like 
Yeah, when it was still Prior, like they yeah. were doing some pretty raw stuff. Yeah, like mid nineties. Yeah. Liquid television. Yeah, very liquid so, television. Yeah, I mean it's you know, there's been these near misses. Um Scott Mosier and I had a show at Disney XD, the boys action adventure mm. block that was this we didn't have a we, the working title was just like <laughs> Samurai Skateboard Ninja or something. <laughs> but it, it was it was this crew of kids that it was like ninja like ninja skateboarder hip hop kids. That my was, son my son would love that. So that so it was really fun. For for anyone who doesn't know, for some reason, uh, you know, studios have decided that the animation should be segmented into Boys action. Right. And like comedy of the absurd. You mm-hmm. know, those never, never sh- the two shall meet. Right. And then what do girls have? Girls have princess. You know, yeah. To then, quote KRS. Yeah, various princesses. Why is that? Right. Right. So, uh, you know, you pretty much for a sensibility like yours, you know, what do you have? You have, you know, XD. You know, right. And in that, they have to kind of, you know, keep uh, companion type programming. So yeah. what were they trying to program your show as the next? We, I mean, it was it was definitely boys action adventure with comedy mixed in. But it was sort of like, I don't even know what they were trying to go for mm. with it. But it, it was, um, at the time, this guy named Mike Moon was at Disney XD. Right. okay. And he is just a great dude with really good taste and he loves the art of me and my whole crew of guys. So cool, he was always cool. trying his hardest to bring in weird indie guys like like me to do cool. shows for them. Our show got got up to the point where we were about to do the pilot uh-huh. and then Disney bought Marvel ah. and they just completely axed all the stuff oh, that was in development. Oh, this okay. is pretty recent. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So they oh. so instead of developing these new shows that had no, mm-hmm. you know, Track record. Track record yeah. or following. They were like, well, yeah. we're just going to make like a Spider-Man cartoon and, and Avengers. why and, not? Yeah. You know, which I get it. Yeah. I, no, it's all it's, money. It, it's it's all really money, done right? a good thing for them. Yeah. But they did just axe a bunch of cool, weird stuff that was in right. development. And why am I other, not surprised? The other thing for me that sucked was I love working with Mosier and, and he's a really good dude with good taste and business sensibility. And... We had this guy named Ciro Neely involved as our showrunner, mm. and he had storyboarded the pilot, and it was absolutely beautiful. We were all oh. excited. Ciro is now the guy running the Ninja Turtle show at Nickelodeon, okay. and it's a brilliant show. Where He's, Felipe is. Where Felipe is. Yeah. And Ciro is ridiculously talented, and I knew he was talented, and I was like this close to working, working with, with the guy. On your show. On my <laughs> thing. And seeing him draw my characters in right. just the storyboards, mm. Scott and I were like, this is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And then just boom, that, you know. Yeah, it, uh, but, man, it happens. It's like, part, it's, this shit yeah, happens. It happens exactly. all the damn time, unfortunately. It's the game. Yeah. It's the game. Yeah, no, so it's all good. the key is like – I've discovered the key is like you always – Keep yourself busy, distracted with real paying gigs, freelance, this, that, and the other. Have 10 irons in the fire at once. And one of those irons will maybe actually become a real thing. Mm Got to keep it moving. Well, I was going to say, I mean, in looking and trying to, you know, figure out everything that you do, you do a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you keep it. it, 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 It's animation, comic books, painting, 
live painting. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I mean, you do everything. Is that why you do everything? Yeah. But I also am interested in all those things. Like, I, I'm i not the kind of dude who could just draw comics for, like, five years straight. Right. Like, right. I'll do, like, a year run on a book, and then I'll get the itch to be like, I want to paint I, stuff. I need to or, see some human beings. Yeah. I want to travel, or I want to do this, or... But I also like that my style can kind of um, fit into these other yeah, molds. Man. Right. Whereas no the, the trappings of comics is... Certain guys, especially mainstream superhero artists, develop a style that only works in the superhero comics, you know, formula. So when it's time to do something else or evolve or change, they can't because their fans are like, well, it doesn't look like the stuff that I love that you do. Right. So right. really, like, Jim Lee always has to draw like Jim Lee. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. no disrespect to Jim Lee. Because he's, he's awesome. awesome. Yeah. But for me, I'm kinda, I've kind of given myself this, you know... Um, wiggle room where I'm like I can kind of like do weird shit and morph it and yeah. be like it fits on this product and it's this it's this comic it's this thing so you're not gonna get lost in the mix right you know you're gonna you're gonna keep it moving on all terrain yeah in a lot of ways and I think that, that just makes the art that much more exciting it does it has to stay dynamic because a lot of dudes who get caught in one thing they wear it out in a lot of ways and people I mean, as as consumers, they lose interest in it, right. you know, or or they get used to that person's art in the way that they do that thing, and then they just kind of um, I don't know, they get bored, yeah, you know, or they know what to expect, and maybe they keep um, you know, coming back to the well. Mm-hmm. But if you're not developing, and like you're saying, it's like you're not like switching it up to certain styles and keeping it fluid. You know, there's nothing to come back to right. in a lot of ways. You know, it's like you you want to see what the next, you know, what the guy is going to do next in a lot of ways. You know? Exactly. It's like you don't you don't want to see the same old thing every 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 episode. You know. Right. Brando, you got a you got a question because I got to ask about something. Oh, I've been dying. To Bring ask it on, my dude. Okay, no, man. No, 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 no. What's up, though? I know Brando's got a plan, though. Brando's sitting over here, like, <laughs> waiting for Adam to, to release the hounds, dude. Like, that's what I'll... <laughs> get, I mean, get, un- get, unleash, get off. Get, get, unleash, can I get my get unleash the hounds. All right. Break open the locks, my got, dude. Like, all right. Let it loose. I want to hear about your working with Ziggy Marley. Oh what! Mm-hmm. I mean, marijuana man. <laughs> yeah. That oh is yes. Shit. Oh, yo, my man, you were bringing back mad memories for me, dude. Like I have literally had mad short-term memory loss on marijuana man. <laughs> I, I wonder <laughs> why. <laughs> but that, I mean, I saw, I saw an interview. You're right next to the dude. Yeah. I, I and I gotta tell you, I mean, I have met <laughs> Rohan. Marley. Yeah, and I had an uh, one-on-one experience with that. And for me, one of the weirdest things was—I mean, at times you feel like you're right. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm project, or I'm just so excited. But I feel like I'm in the presence of almost Bob Marley. Oh, for sure, man. And so, but Ziggy Marley, for I mean, sure. Rohan is not on stage doing right. what Ziggy has done. Ziggy so, was the first, yeah. my dude. He yeah. really was. Ziggy is referenced in Bob Marley songs. He was number yeah. one, number so, one. So what is, I mean, I don't even know where to start because there's so much I want to ask about that whole, but what, just tell yeah. me something. Lay it down, dude. He, um, out of the blue, I got an email one day from this dude named Tom Martin who 
is the neighbor of the of the Marley family up in the Hollywood Hills. And Tom has these insane stories because he used to be the art director at Hustler in the 70s and worked for Larry Flint. Hello. So this dude has insane stories, and he was working at the movie studio. I can't remember what studio it was, but he art directed the famous, um, you know the Army of Darkness movie poster? Yeah, yeah. With yes. Ash and the girl at his leg. Yeah. Like he... He coordinated that. He art directed that. <laughs> so he was like, email me out of the blues. Like, I'm neighbors with the Marleys. Ziggy Marley has this comic book concept. We think your art style worked perfect for it. Can we have a meeting with you? I was like, yeah, of course. Right. So <laughs> I'll make time. He, he ba- yeah, he, yeah, I got a little, a little time. And, here. you know, I li- I, this is my apartment down the street here. But he's like, can Ziggy and I, like, come to your apartment? And I'm like. Sure, you and Bob Marley's son. Yeah. <laughs> Just give me a little time to tidy up. Come to my apartment. <laughs> um, so they did. They showed up. And, um, and man, me being a huge music fanatic, and yeah. I mean, I own all of Bob's records. I own some of Ziggy stuff. It, you know, ha- seeing him walk into my apartment and then, oh my God. you know, I brought him in my studio and um, he was asking questions and I was showing him around and, you know, he was picking up things and, you know, really interested in stuff. And I have like a CD, old school CD rack on one of the walls of my studio. And it's like all of his dad's <laughs> CDs are in the rack. And he's like, oh, cool. Yeah. Bob. Bob. I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah, like, how, what? how could you not? What you know? human being that has good taste isn't yeah, a right. fan? What are you, a fucking alien or something? You know? You know? So <laughs> he basically pitched me. The concept, he had it all worked out, you know, and then he was just looking for a way to bring it to life. Mm. And this was such a weird and interesting opportunity. I immediately thought of my friend Joe Casey, who's a writer, comic book writer. Who you've collaborated on Miami Vice Remix with. Yes. And the Disco Destroyer. And he's done tons of great shit. And he's awesome. And he loves weird shit like me. So I called him out of the blue. like, uh, I just had a meeting with Ziggy Marley. And he has this concept for this marijuana superhero. And Joe's like, I'm, I'm on board. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> like, he's like, say no more. I'm sure. And so we pitched it to Image, and Image said they would publish it. And then basically Ziggy kind of acted like the, the producer mm-hmm. uh-huh. and then let Joe and I roll with it. And, and Joe wrote it, and I drew it. But it was awesome, man, because like I got to go fi- uh, eventually up to the Marley compound in the Hollywood Hills where it's like one of those celebrity streets where you have to check in at the like yeah. the gate. Yes. Right. And then they you drive in, I parked in front of their house and Ziggy's in the front yard playing soccer with his kids, like smoking a huge joint. Oh. So sick. Dude. And didn't I was just standing there talking to him. He didn't offer me any, which I thought was aw- was awesome that, and hilarious. Like he he was just right. like he that's smoked his. it. Yeah, like, yeah, like no, cigarette. I, that wasn't for yeah. you. Yeah, that's not something we share. That's my so, cigarette. Let me roll. That's his, mate. Right. Yeah, and I you know I didn't dare ask him for any, but I was just like, this is just like his his shit. That's and then he brought me in the studio and and you know it's like. Bob, some of Bob's guitars are in there. Mm, and so do, so sick, dude. Yeah. So I'm, you know, it's, I'm uh, kind of geeking out and trying to concentrate and work on this project with him. But I'm also just like, this is, you know, a sacred environment going on here. And there's it's hollow you grounds. Know, Bob's guitars are right here. Oh. And, uh, but uh, their their whole family and the the Tough Gong label and all those people are all beautiful, fantastic 
people. Yeah. And they're all, I mean, you, you met, Wrong. you met Ryan yeah. and, and the, dude, there's an energy. I mean, it sounds so weird, but there's yeah. an energy to uh, all of them and they're, they're all smiling and I mean, they're probably all high, but it goes beyond yeah. that. It's like, it's authentic. they're just, they're just magnetic, energized, beautiful people. Right. And Ziggy's wife, um, handles all of his business affairs and she was really cool and professional and um th- you know they, i mean it even got to the point where like every time he did a show in la they got me and my friends mm. in and backstage passes and it was like right just, they were they just went above and beyond That's and then i don't know if you guys knew this but um the book came out we did the release party and the book came out on 420 on April 20th. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's one of the things I do remember and about. We did a thing. signing at the other comic shop. <laughs> right, right, right. No, um, whatever that one was. I know it's not because yeah, I don't right. remember. And that's not cool good. to say their name. Sorry. If you buy physical comics. Yeah, honestly, if you go into a store comics. in yeah. Los Angeles yeah. and you support comic books, you could go it's to, all love. You, you could go to Golden Apple. You could go to Oh, snap. You could go to the other joint. It's all good. Listen. No, I love those cats. They're all good. Meltdown's a spot, but all boats rise. Everyone should buy a comic book. Yeah, it's true. No, for real. It'd be. Like it's down the street from me, and I don't skip over it. Yeah, well, on your way here, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this is my spot. You know, this is my spot, Adam. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. No, listen, hey, listen. That one thing about the comic book world is, you know, we need everybody. You You know, really do because you want people buying print. You want people. I mean, the you want people in the damn store. It's the culture of the store. I mean, let let's be honest. I mean, Jim, you have been a friend of Meltdown forever, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, how did that even come about? I mean, I was visiting L.A. before I moved here because my boy Scott Morris lived here, and we, I mean, he took me to Meltdown, like you were talking about, when it was across when the street. When it was across the street, yeah, next, to, I met, next to Coach and Horses. I met Gaston probably like 15 years ago, and then when I moved in the neighborhood, I mean, Meltdown was one of the first spots that were like, do, you guys can do art shows here, you can do before... They knocked out the walls in the back and had the Nerdist and all that. It was just like a hallway, man. Yeah. And we would yeah. get we would get like a keg of beer and have someone DJ and just get like Buck Wild back there. They're the chillest dudes. But like, um, honestly. yeah, and I mean the fact that it's like it's in walking distance of me. And as a kid in St. Louis, growing up with just like one or two comic shops in the entire city, to have a store that you can literally walk to, yeah, and do events and stuff like that, that was always a a big deal, you know. Um, that's dope and you know and the other store Golden Apple I actually did my first signing in store ever there with Kevin when the clerk's book came out so when it was up on Melrose at their OG uh, location Fairfax High School right when when um Bill Leibowitz was still alive right. and still running yes. it. And they had the porno section. Yes. <laughs> and that was amazing to me too because I I had seen that store on like Entertainment Tonight and on TV. And My homeboys like used to steal comics from there when they were teenagers. Really? Yeah, yeah. I feel like it would probably be an easy place to steal from. Oh, it was super easy yeah. to steal comics from. Not here at Meltdown, man. No, not at, not at yeah. Meltdown, <laughs> my dude. Don't even try it. There's cameras. Yeah. <laughs> nah, but that's cool. So you, <laughs> I mean, you Do been... people even steal shit anymore? I don't think they do. 
Oh, I would never risk stealing anything. I would never. I just assume I don't that know we're you, being filmed I don't even everywhere know what you're we go about. Yeah. at all times. <laughs> I, like Big Brother is watching. For people still doing. Well, no. At <laughs> at this point in time, like if it's something that you love, it's something that you care about. Like, you better fucking pay better for that pay. shit, dude. Uh, Honestly, you're, you're my man. Steal if you shit, if you want to see digitally. the next yeah. if you if you want to see the next issue of that shit come out, yeah. fucking pay for it. Right. Like honestly, like it won't even come out if you don't pay for it. No, right. nope. like it really just fucking won't. Oh. Like, nope. like we're not, you know, we're not Marvel. We're not all these other things. We're like independent comic book and you know animation or whatever you know makers and art makers and stuff. And it's like if you're not supporting the independent artists who make that stuff, they're they're going down. Yeah. And, and you're losing that thing which you like. You know. And yeah. then back in the day, like in Don't the eighties. Don't yeah. be a fucking punk, dude. Like back in the day, like when we were actually racking all those things in the eighties and whatnot. I mean, we might have been very young, you know, and we didn't really understand the whole economy of the thing. But my man, if you're older than twelve, thirteen years old, <laughs> you better not be stealing yeah. that shit, dude. <laughs> honestly, dude. Like I'll give you a break if you're ten years old and you're racking some comic books, dude. Like I'll give you a break. But like if you're older than like twelve, thirteen years old, dude, I'm not giving you a right. fucking break, dude. S- speaking of labels you always publish under forty ounce comics. Yeah, um, which was uh, like your your brand. Yeah, I don't suppose you've ever sampled uh, one of these forty ounces. What's up with these forty ounces you yeah, speak was, about? That was all we drank because we were poor. <laughs> in college, what was your, What was your favorite forty ounce, dude? Like, give me give me your top five like forty ounces. Dude. We were O E. Okay, number Mickey's, one, Mickey's, Mickey's Saint, Big Mouth, Saint Wide Saint Mouth, Ides. Yeah. Saint Ides, the Crooked Ides. Letter, um, Colt Forty Five, Colt. Okay, who I, who I wound up doing work for. That's right. That's uh, what's up. Oh, that's and, right. And yeah. It, and if it got really bad, if times were real, real desperate, King Cobra. Oh snap! Oh, right. So you was, kept it in Budweiser's, but in malt, malt liquor. liquor. You with, kept it in the malt liquor arena. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like I had a lot of friends who would drink 40 uh, Miller, Miller yeah. forty ounces and yeah. quarts. And Budweiser, 40 ounces in quartz, you know what I'm saying? But we used to have this one in New York City called Country Club. And it was 99 cents. And it was a 40 ounce for 99 cents. And that shit would get you fucked up. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Did you ever go crazy horse? Crazy Crazy horse, my man. That's what I was talking about, my dude. Like, tell me about crazy horse. Like, it was like, like eating sugar. Drinking sugar. That was, that's trouble. Yeah. Tell yeah. me about you. Did were, you lose did you, your mind? Did but you it fuck with Crazy Horse? So good. Yeah, not. We we saw so many people just lose their shit on Crazy that. Horse was the fucking that. <laughs> like I said, even like I said, even like King Cobra, we were like, shit, dude, this is worse. Crazy Horse bad. took yeah. you there. Yeah. It took you all the way there. It held your hand and it brought you there, dude. It's almost like. The Steel Reserve now, yeah. right? Steel Reserve, the heavy... What is that called? The heavyweight? What is it? It's like... That's... You can imagine like the alcohol if sinking to the bottom. If they brought Crazy Horse back tomorrow... <laughs> I would go yes. cop a 40, dude. Yes. And you and yes. me, we would chill. We would Why chill on a not? stoop. Why I was not? a stoop dweller, dude. I'm from right. New York City, dude. I was chilled on mad stoops when I was a kid. And we started with the OE. And we... And Mickey's was like a latecomer to the game. Yeah, Mickey's But we were game. very much a OE... You know, Saint Ides, Crazy Horse yeah. type of community, yeah. Yeah. and and when Country Club came out, and Country Club, <laughs> Country, <laughs> Country Club, Club like <laughs> undercut all these cats, dude, <laughs> and we were like ninety nine cents. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Sign me up. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's go. It's know? like the most inappropriate name for <laughs> it's, it's, a, a malt liquor. It's like, <laughs> and, and it like, had that image. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, oh, this lie. is the high class. It this was is, a lie. It's the Caddyshack of fucking for, uh, right. of forty. Like, ounces, here, you know take my liver. <laughs> Drown it in a vat of acid and give it back to me. That was the 96th Street. That was the 96th Street joint, dude. Like the Amsterdam and 96th Street joint. There it is. So we when when I got I got to do some art for Colt 45 in like 07 and 08, some ad campaign stuff for them, and they sent me free samples of Colt 45. Oh my god! And I hadn't drank malt liquor in since college, (laughs) and me and my friend were I really don't cracked open a couple cold cans of it one night, and I was like. This shit is intense, dude. This is like um, this is like an angrier, more aggressive drunk. This is like yeah. they used to write rap songs about it. This they shit's crazy, run, right? <laughs> yeah. The cool <laughs> thing though is why thanks Cole Forty Five. Yeah, but what, the cool thing with that was when I was doing working with them, they sponsored all of our art shows for like yeah. that year. So and they if, sponsor Billy D. Yeah, I mean they can't be that. What more do you want? Yeah, they can't be that bad. So we got free Yo, 45 Lando Calrissian to, is fucking sent to any parties we were doing. You yeah. know what I mean? We yeah. Colt 45 truck would just show up. <laughs> nice. And a bunch awesome. of 30 year olds <laughs> would be like, I guess we're drinking this. We're tonight. drinking. You still got what year was that? What year were you? Oh seven and oh eight. Okay. And um and you did fun. you did limited edition like b- like cans, cans right? Yeah. <laughs> it was cool, man. You have them fun. still, yeah. Of course. Do you yeah. keep Do you keep all your art? Like, yeah, I mean, I have like an archive of. I keep like two or three copies of each book I do, and and um, I have an archive of my art. A lot of my old art and all my, my old comics are in my uh, parents' basement in St. Louis, and they just keep it safe for me because I don't have room out right. here. But. Um, I have a, I have most of the stuff. Yeah, I've done. Is there something that you are just that you love that you did? That I mean, above all else, uh, it's all it's all kind of even playing ground for me. I mean, I I'm always like critical of things once they're two or three years old. Where I'm like, I'm always trying. It sounds so cliche, but I'm always trying to like look forward and do my best stuff right. ahead of me. And so, right. there's milestone things like. The clerks thing obviously is like a, a thing that I look fondly on. And, Let's and, talk about Ask for Janice. You know, uh, Ask for Janice is a thing I look. Uh, good segue, man. Yeah. That I look fondly on. Yeah, what, 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 I, I want to know more. Talk about Ask tell for me, Janice. Tell me about that, it. That Beastie Boys, uh, Paul's Boutique, yes. jump off. Oh, is I mean, this what you were talking about before? Yeah, before bring it on, on. Bring it on. I'll go for Let's that. Let's go. Go for that. Um, I, Paul's Boutique by the Beastie Boys is my personal favorite record it's so a seminal hip-hop record which cannot be denied hold on, in hold on. any way shape or form all right that may be true so is that your number one hip-hop album all yeah time? that may be yeah now hold on I, listen there may be some that don't agree <laughs> it is true okay <laughs> but i'm asking jim food one if that's your number one hip hop yeah. album, oh, is that's it? my yeah, that's my joint. Okay, that's, okay, okay. So Fair top enough. five, that's your number one. Yeah, all right, go for it. Yeah. Go, go. So, me and my friends were all just so uh, you know fascinated with this record, and um, you know those little thirty three and a third books. Oh yeah. This this dude named Dan Leroy wrote one about Paul's boutique, and I thought it was so fascinating. I decided to adapt it and do a mini comic visual version of it, Amazing. and I, I hit him up online and asked him if that was okay and he hit me back and said sure i put the book out in um i think like 06 
as a mini comic and it eventually sold out and I re-released it with a new cover in 2012 and um the craziest thing is uh th- this guy who works with Quest Love in New York got a hold of it and Quest Love and him his name's Henry they wound up using it in their music appreciation class that they do at NYU so something I did when I was like high in my studio I ended up in in the NYU curriculum and the craziest shit one of the things I definitely regret is each day of the class they would concentrate on a different record the day they did the Paul's Boutique record and they had each student had a copy of my book Mike D and Ad-Rock showed up Whoa. for the class. Where wow. the hell were you? MCA dude? had already passed away. Rest oh. in peace. Oh. I was I was traveling, but it was like a couple days before they did the class, and Henry was like, "Oh shit! By the way, like, do you want to fly out to New York and and do the class?" And I, they weren't gonna NYU wasn't gonna yeah they weren't gonna pay, pay my you, bill. But I mean, at the same but time, I was like, I'm already traveling. If you would have given me notice, and then the topper was like Mike and. Adam were there. Uh, so that's on wait, that's so, shit, right? No doubt. Yo, so wait, hold on. So you did the book in 2006? Yes, and then I re-released it in 2012 with a new cover, and the re-release wound up getting more attention. I didn't understand at that time that the basis, the foundation of hip-hop and what made it so great was that it was sampling from the all sampling. these incredible funk records. Yes. And so... Check Your Head came out in like 91, 92. Yes, we're 92, in high yeah. school. We're a little older, a little wiser. The other key thing, we had begun smoking weed. Mm. Oh. Open the third eye a little bit. Yes. And we're like, Beastie Boys are back. They're playing their instruments. They're playing this their own dope. instruments. Mario so Caldado. Then, so Soda then we, we revisited Paul's Boutique. And it was like, I heard it. And a light went off in my head. And I was like, this is fucking genius. The Dust Brothers. Where, I did not understand this. Like, three years earlier yeah but and then you know when i in 93 i went to art school met all these djs and i met all these hardcore um record collector nerds that were like oh dude you like paul's boutique here's the record here's some of the shit they sample from here's the original tracks and understanding in a full circle way like how the beastie boys and the dust brothers and matt dyke made that record super high like cutting samples together by Seriously, hand. Seriously, so like, sick. It is, it's a work of art. They really um, closed the door on sampling in a lot <laughs> of ways did. because they used so many samples that the record companies couldn't keep up with them and the licensing agents couldn't keep up with them. You're right. And and it was the one of those last records yep. of, the, of the early hip-hop era that was able to sample what they wanted. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and it was... So many samples for every single yeah. song on that record that if you listen to it now and then listen to something that was made like a couple months later, right? It's a it's night and day. You're right, and I talk about that in the book that that album really did put the nail in the coffin of sampling because and and the Beastie Boys did that on purpose because they were like, let's just make this the ultimate sampling record of all time. People won't be able to top it. And Make we and we'll just play dumb when people ask us how many samples they're like we don't even know there's like 500 or and, I don't know and they used they used and, like a measure here and a measure there and and there was already probably the um, lawsuit going between the turtles and Bismarcky right and 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 they were just like let's get this under the wire let's make this happen and um you know these other cats are doing you know it's spring again and like uh you know whatever it is where they're you know uh, sampling the full 
for you know the the whatever it is that that makes up that sample yeah and and just for one song but they're using like five or six of those just for a single track so to reset know. it for the people listening this is a visual companion to paul's boutique yes called astro janice where do we find this joint right People now? People can score Dude, this. You're, you're like, I still have it in print on my website, nice. jimmafu.com. It's nice. 32 pages, and I break it down as a comic book story about how the guys came to L.A. and made the record. And then the Was book ends with each song gets its own page, and I break down like all the samples used for that song. And I did a bunch of internet research, but Dan Leroy's 33 and a third book he did about Paul's Boutique mm. was basically my main guide and inspiration. And I credit him in my book. Right. So you, you just did it. You just did it. Didn't yeah, ask permission. But, you just on some hip hop shit. You were just like, I'm just going to do No, this. I did ask his permission. Okay. Yeah. I found him online and said, yeah. can I basically do a visual comic book adaptation of your That is on some hip hop nice. shit. And he was like, it that is sounds totally awesome. Be. Yeah. That's cool. So I sampled Yo, his book, basically. There it is, cat. Nice. Nice. And that brings Wait, us. So, wait, hold on. Hold on. Because no, we got to get there. We got to get there. We got to get there. Because I see a moment right here that really connected with people and is still resonating with people. It's re-released in 2012. Mm-hmm. It's part of the curriculum in Quest Love's course. Um, but there was another collaboration with the felt, that you huh? did. Exactly. And What? There's what? A We're walking LA on the same artist. path, my dude. There's a certain L.A. artist. Um, the M Merz. to the Merz. U yes. to the yes. R to the who, S. Who you have a long-standing collaboration with? Yeah. So just so bring us there. Walking the same he, path. He, um, I met him at that bomb shelter DJ's night. I was telling you guys about in Arizona. He was living in Tucson at the time. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Even though he was a LA cat, he was a mid city dude. And exactly, and he right. had an album out at the time called Merce Rules the World. And there's a track on that record that someone played for me before I met Merce where he name drops Girl Scouts. Hello. He talks about gold, going to the Golden Apple, Alan hooks me with the deal, I read Girl Scouts, Trans Metro, and Invisibles. Hell yeah. And I was just That's like, dope. I was like, who, what? This guy name dropped Girl Scouts? A rapper, and no less? I felt like pimp cool. shit. And then yeah, he was a superstar. Cool. And then I met him, cool and, and you know, it was like one of those fellow nerd hip hop geek guys that we just hit it off and then I, I wound up doing um, some artwork for one of his albums and then some stuff for Rhyme Sayers and mm-hmm. then him and Slug were doing um, Atmosphere came to Arizona the week before I was moving to LA and mm-hmm. I did live art at their show and oh. Merce was performing with mm-hmm. them and Merce did this amazing tribute send off to me on stage in front of my like entire Whoa. family and so, friends oh, in Arizona wow, where he was okay. like this dude was part of L- uh, Arizona for the last six years. He's moving to L.A. Mm-hmm. And I was I was like, holy shit. And Merce is just a great guy. But it was also at, man, um, like 2002 when Atmosphere was at like its peak. Right. Like Slug would take the stage and women were like taking their <laughs> shirts off <laughs> and screaming. Word, yo. It, it, it got was, you some play. It was no, unbelievable, it was on dude. Fire. When it I saw a- them at the El Rey, dude, these dudes freestyled in a way that sounded written with Z-Trip. Probably yeah. the same night that you were painting, and oh. it was so sick that it sounded so written and so amazing. Yeah, they stopped and they were like, "We just made that up." Yeah, and everyone was like, "Oh snap!" Like that's how real their connection was, and that's how real their connection was not only with with them each other, but 
Z Trip and you, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like all those things were happening on stage at the same time. Was shit was electric. Yeah. Those guys are great. And and so they they were doing the Felt Two record, which was a tribute to Lisa Bonet, and they had me do basically a comic book visual, you know, uh, accompaniment to that record. Where I, I again, I kind of like broke down each song into um, a comic book form, yeah. comic book, you know, that was dope. strip. The crazy thing I is, I bought that, and I could not follow. Like, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things. Like, you ever enjoy something, but you do not understand it. Yeah, that's where I was. It's at weird with that because book. the the I think the problem with that project was the record and the comic book were not packaged together. Right. Okay. So. They sent me the record and said, listen to the songs and do your comics about these songs. And that's right. what I did. Merce and Slug didn't art direct me or edit me at right. all. They just, I met Slug after he did a show here in LA at Swingers Diner and he rolled up and I basically had all the original art and just showed it to him. And he just sat there smoking cigarettes, reading all of it and was like, it's cool. Let's so, publish it. Yeah. But I nice. was like... Yeah. I don't know if your fans are going right. to like this or if people are going to understand what this is, but yeah. here it is. Yeah. Um, but just to just to work with those dudes, you know, it's yeah. like just fun stuff, good oh, stuff. Absolutely. And it was one of those things it was it was the quality of the printing was like mm -hmm. really high, like yeah. the presentation of the book was like yeah. spoke for itself. It was I good. Thought. Yeah. She was on point. Yeah, it was awesome. That is, that is. So, um, does does felt go on, or I mean, w w like, where does that collaboration? You know, I mean, is, is, I, is I mean, there room. I was part of the, just the felt two project, and then they did rhyme stairs. Did a t shirt. Did t shirts of my the cover of the comic book I did, mm. and I have been friends with those guys since. You know, but I think felt three. Uh, I'm not sure which one that was, but um, I mean, they have their own thing that went on after that, you know, mm -hmm. but I still yeah. see Merce, you know, on a regular on a basis, generally in line at comic book conventions, you know, <laughs> like we'll just run into each other and catch up. Because he's there, he's there like trying to cop. He's there as a fan. Right. Which I like, you know, he's still part of uh, the culture and. I mean, I, I we he, definitely got to have Merce on. He has children to. now, and I even see him like going like Star Wars toy shopping with his kids and stuff. So I'm like, he's raising his kids to be fellow hip hop nerd, you know, kids. Which As is cool. he nice. should. Nice. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So well. you've been talking also, Jim, about a lot of underground hip hop. Mm -hmm. I love and do my own underground hip hop. You know. Playlist. I mean, I'm on Spotify. I do underground, what I consider to be underground. Sure. What you use that term? What do you mean by that? What is what um, is that to you? I mean, in in art school in the '90s, when stuff like Doctor Octagon dropped, mm -hmm. and it wasn't <laughs> at the time. It was all about G Funk and yeah. Dre. Which I is was great. like so far out but of college. We that record. We, everyone was just like this is our secret thing like this yeah. is brilliant nobody knows about this the turntablism <laughs> movement when the cubert and them yeah. were putting oh, out shit. releases and then stuff that was like the shapeshifters yeah cbs crew in the house the living legends dude. crew out here hell putting yeah out records stereo Ana anacon so you know all that kind of like it, dude it was basically the the 
the self-published version of indie comics yeah. was what that rap music was. Were you was. underground uh, East Coast or West Coast, or did you care? Sounds, Were you sounds like West Coast to me, honestly. Uh, probably more West Coast, but right. I liked anything. It sounds very but West But then Coast. when, like... LP Adam's trying to check flow. your credentials here. I, like, my man, no, but knowing knowing about both know. and, and and having like homeboys in the shapeshifters and shit like that. If you're mentioning the shapeshifters, dude, like you're a West Coast cat. Like, honestly. yeah, yeah. But also, like you know, when LP, when Company Flow and all that first came around. That, but uh, Raucous Records and those cats, like to me, mm, I mean, I'm not gonna give them underground credit. Right. Like, well, are you like, kidding? No, backpack, I'm not kidding. Back, that's, no, that's no, the for difference real. between backpack maybe and underground. No, but for really real, because uh, like our mutual friend who who went to college with, uh, you know, Jared and Brian, who started Raucous Records mm. and uh, and those cats like it wasn't necessarily underground. Uh, I think that there was a lot of um, loot behind those cats, you know, like yeah, but and, they were putting out stuff. But it's backpack, that, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, backpack it's, it's, is different yeah, though because backpack. Black Moon was backpack. Yeah, you know what I mean, like and and really backpack rap meant that you had the fucking toast in your fucking backpack, and it was not about like um um. I have my algebra book in my backpack. It was like I'm wearing a backpack because I have a 45 in that shit. Or a deuce deuce. Let's <laughs> no, no, for real. Or a deuce deuce or whatever you're saying. You might just, if you were the wearing ni- the backpack, you might have the deuce you deuce. You might have the, the deuce deuce. But I'm saying though, backpack rap to me is is I have a gun. And it's not backpack rap means like I have a math book. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or I'm a cerebral you know, like educated cat who's on some like uh, you know, space shit. You know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a uh, scientifical madness. No, for real. Like that's all I'm saying. Like, like they had the street campaigns. They, they had the multi thous. They had the fucking you know, uh, the the sticker campaigns and the and the poster campaigns yeah. and all that other shit that came. That was um, it was just organized. It was mad organized. And it was exceeding. It, would it was would exceeding you say organized confusion? Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> organized confusion. What were they <laughs> on? They were like on profile or yeah. something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean, like yeah. I can't say you know off the top of my head, but at the same time, right. it was but not underground. Not underground, but, shape, but backpack. But somebody yeah. like shapeshifters and yeah. somebody like uh, you know people who were kind of like self-publishing their own shit. So that's Project mad. Blow is underground. Project Blow was mad underground, but Freestyle Freestyle Fellowship was not. You know oh what I mean? And, <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. If you, you think about it, nah. if you think about it, like um, what about the, Invisible Scratch Pickles? Invisible Scratch, uh, yeah, no, that was underground <laughs> because yeah, those yeah. dudes were doing their own damn thing. That's the other thing that I, I guess you know had to say that I think is interesting is you were not just interested in you know. Something with a beat and a rhyme, but also something like deconstructed the form, right? Like those dudes, a Q-Bird and right. Scratch Pickles. Well, and yeah, and like, dude, seeing Z Trip and them DJ right. once a week, just right in front of me, like turning around while I'm painting and being like, "What is mm. happening right now?" Like, Z that's killed. that's I mean, that's art. Mm. It was killed. it was yeah. really crazy, yeah. so, and. There was nothing like that, dude. Like honestly, yeah. like I had seen a lot of things leading up to that, right. and then once I saw a Z trip, I was like, "There's nothing like this yeah. right, right now." All right. Well, listen. I want Foods Top Five Underground. Let's hear that shit right now. No, not even underground. No, you don't have no, to. You don't wait, have to wait, limit wait. it. I, don't, I, I, don't make them limit. Come on, I want no. Underground you know what? First I want to hear. I want to hear it all. I want to hear. I want to hear. I want everything. Some hip hop uh, shit. Yeah, I want to hear a mainstream. Not, 
I want to hear a mainstream. I want to hear underground, and I want to hear like a like an in between ground. Is, this, like, is, this is what like, I'm. Let me say. get fifteen from you. This is what I'm saying. This he is know, not. He this knows is not enough. homework. This is not homework. Brando Calrissian. He knows enough about this shit that he could give us fifteen. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like he could give us his right, five give, mainstream. Give us what you want to give us. His five underground. His five mid ground. Can I? I want to know. Just say. I, yeah, the ca- the categories. Yeah, lay it, it down. Little, dude. Yeah. It ain't homework. Let I'll us just, I'll know. Say, I'll say five are. Let it be in general. Five in what? general. Five what? Are, are we talking hip hop records? Hip hop. No, it's all you want. surprise you top want. five. I'll, I'll talk. I'll say hip hop records. Okay. There you go. Number one. Records. Paul's okay. Boutique. Okay, there it by is. By the Beastie Boys. Number Hell one. yeah. Number B-boy two, Bays. The Unseen by Quasimodo. Quasimodo is all up there. Hell yeah. I've listened it's to that a record, sick record ten thousand times. Oh. I'm labeled as a bad character. Um, three, Doctor Octagon. Oh, Blue Flowers. That's fucking, the, another. Just... You're wanted in the operating room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you have a hype. You man. know what I'm saying, dude? Though, like that shit is fucking for real. Yeah. Jim, yeah. you got your hype, man. I love that's three. <laughs> I say things and then you just. Add. I'm on it. No, I'm on it. I'm on it. Um. Uh, for Public Enemy, it takes the nation millions. Uh, oh yeah! Which is still, Seriously, that uh, as much as I am a huge you can't front bring BDP, noise. KRS-One fan, I do believe that it takes a nation a million to hold us back. Probably the number one hip hop record of all time. Bring that beat back. And the number one hip hop song of all time, not necessarily on that album, but is "Fight the Power." Yeah, mm. bring that. It's beat It's interesting, back. man, because um. I just had a, a couple of days last week where I listened to all of BDP stuff in one day and then all of Public Enemies. Mm. And Public both Enemy are, one. Both of them are so good. Public still. Enemy one. Public dude. Enemy, though, It Takes a Nation of Millions, uh, Apocalypse 91, and Fear of Black Planet. I've been listening to a lot of punk rock and 70s stuff lately, Stooges and stuff. And it's like those three rap records mm. to me are, are punk, punk rock. rock. Oh, yeah, Yo, right. Bummer it's the so show. It's so crazy, man. Yeah. Like the samples and the sounds and the sirens and the shit that the um, it's Bomb a Paul's, Squad. It's a Paul's yeah. Boutique before Paul's Boutique. Yeah. It was like the, the shit the Bomb Squad was doing. Oh. And just Chuck D's Thanks, voice. Exactly. It's like it's crazy How shit. Sick. How sick is his fucking voice? Mm-hmm. It's Crazy how shit. How dope is his fucking hype, man? And how sick is the bomb score? You're the flavor, flavor tonight. <laughs> flavor, flavor. <laughs> you know right, how it go. So right. takes a nation. Oh, four. That's four. You, you got five. That's four. Five. I'm almost tempted to say uh, "Sex and Violence" by Boogie Down Productions. There it it's is. Like my favorite. Do you know too. that I just bought he it was last night? Last week. Uh, oh, really? No, I went to Amoeba last night. I took my niece record shopping because I bought a record player. She With the bought, Robert Williams cover. It, yes. Exactly. And they now have it in, in two, vi- two, piece, two oh, really? vinyls. Yeah. So you got A, A B, C, and D. Because the last one I had was just two-sided. One, one record. Oh, okay. And so now it's... it's Dude, got, that record is ridiculous. I love that you love that. He... What is he your was, jam on that he, one? Um, shit. Poisonous um, products. Build and destroy. <laughs> I have to, when, like, visualize When he the, goes against X-Clan on that. Yes, they had the beef. Yeah, and then the what's original the, what's the way. Track? What's the track with Freddie with, Fox? Um, Freddie Fox. I was just gonna say, well, he Knuckles. did. He did original way, and then he did. Um, shit, I forgot that uh, next one. But he did drug dealer on that. That one, black yeah, drug yeah. dealer. You got. And the track where he the, he's like, um, "Yo, Chris, just interview yourself." Question like, and interview answers. myself, and it's like, 
him literally interviewing himself as yeah. this song. Yes. It's fucking brilliant. I love that you love that, man. It's crazy. Because that, um, that's a hidden gem, you know. It that is. One is a, it's a fucking hidden and then, gem, my and dude. Then, and, and I will have to say, you you mentioned Robert Williams as the the um, the artist on the cover. Yeah. Yes, I did. I do, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But at that point, because that album came out in '92. Okay. Right. I. Ninety-one, ninety-two. Because ninety yeah. was edutainment. Ninety-one was uh, live hardcore. Yeah. And then ninety-two was sex and violence. I don't think at that point anybody, any rapper or MC, had put out an album without themselves on the cover. That's a good point. That's an interesting point. You know, I mean, I think every album. Mm. Think about that. Oh, oh, I um, am this, about that. this this doesn't count because it didn't come out at that time. But um, KMD Black Bastards, remember the album oh, cover yeah. got banned? Uh, yes, because it was we, we were talking about that not too long ago with James Rotano and how the, that that whole record didn't even get released though at the right. same time. Like, and we are talking about records that got released in a way. Okay, yeah. like no, I was I was telling these yeah. fools that like I came here to LA and I bought that shit on on a cassette tape from the dudes at Damn. Fat Beats. Uh, because it had never been released, right? You know, what when saying? when did you buy it? What year? I bought it in ninety six. Okay, but it was originally it was supposed it was to come supposed out to in like ninety four. Okay, so you are you into? I assume I'm not even. I'm just asking. What are you into now? What hip hop are you listening to? Oh, now? I mean, this the obvious stuff like Run the Jewels. I think is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Kendrick, I think yeah. is brilliant. Um, I love Danny Brown. Mike. Really, uh, I love. I mean, Danny his, Brown be taking pills. His, cat. his last record, uh, but yeah. I think um, the Hybrid and Triple X, I think, are brilliant records. Have you got? Have you? Has anyone here heard of Fell Sweetenberg? Fell Sweetenberg. <laughs> Fell Sweetenberg. My man, I have not heard. Of I am that telling person. you. Listen to Fell Sweetenberg. I will look, a, I will look them thing. up. It's fucking You're not, you're not un, playing me, right? Uh, no, my... Uh-uh. I am telling okay. you. Okay. Write it down, Brando. I don't even know he how to literally spell that shit. Fell, F-E-L, Sweetenberg. Brando, you getting that shit? It was... I how I, I became the secretary. Of this I swear. <laughs> you're the one who has a pencil. I swear I thought it was the corniest name. This dude, oh my... Is, who's Yo, who's no, putting that out? Like, what? I don't even know. I got it's the, a, in, the internet is putting. I heard it okay. on Spotify. Yeah. No, he's on Spotify. He's yes. got albums. Like I bought I said, the albums. No, no, the I bought internet. the albums from UndergroundHipHop.com. I you bought, bought the vinyl. I got. I buy them. This is a guy that I went out and after I heard him, I had to support him. He is that good. He's got like three albums out. That's a good sign. Unbelievable. There it is. I'm gonna play mm-hmm. it for you guys after. I'm not okay. fronting. I, right. I also like like I'm a huge Stones Throw fan, so like right. most of the stuff they put out, you I'll see the documentary. Buy. Lay it yeah. down, yeah. lay it down. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite though? Dude, Madlib is my guy. Mad Anything Lib, okay. he does, I think him and Jay Diller are the two best producers. Producers. Yeah. You know, All ever. right. Yeah. So okay. much. Not to cut it off. I can't front. But sure. uh, what do you got coming up? Food. What's new, Cat? Um, the new stuff, I mean, all everything I've been working on just came out. Uh, Miami Vice Remix, the trade paperback of that is coming in the next couple months. Howard the Human is still sort of on shelves. Girl Scouts uh, mini comic at jimmafu.com. And then my next major thing is I'm doing a new Girl Scouts full-color comic book series for Image Comics. That will be dropping sometime next year. Oh, so people, people can stay up to date with me on just the site and basically my Instagram, which What's is just Instagram? at Jim Mafood. 
We're on that yeah, shit. That's my main, my main. What thing. else? What other uh, um, social media joints do you rock? Do you rock Twitter? Do you do Facebook? Do all you of it. That shit? All of it. And is it my, all? Is it all just Jim Mafood? Yes, just my so, name. At Jim Mafood exactly. on Facebook. Yeah. At Jim Mafood on Twitter. Exactly. At Jim Mafood on Pinterest. Exactly. Not on Pinterest. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep saying exactly to whatever. Yes. You say. No. Let's go. Let's T- go. Tumblr. Snapchat. At Jim Mafood on Tumblr. And, it, and is there anything else <laughs> on, t- on Tinder? At Jim Mafood on Tinder. Anything else? What and you- and I would say, people, if you can, please check out the Girl Scouts live action pilot at YouTube. Uh, look up Mike Diva or Girl Scouts and that's D-I-V-A. share it. D I V A. Share it, like it, leave. Try to leave a positive comment. Don't be a dick. G R R. It is amazing how Two R's. if when people leave fucked up comments and just you're like, yeah, how really? do you feel about that shit? Like, what the hell? What are you, why it's are funny, you such man. An asshole. When the Girl Scouts pilot went up, like the first couple of days, I was reading all the comments, and then I eventually just don't had read to, the comments, I had to just dude. Not yeah. read it anymore. Don't I was like, read the comments. It's like these kids are fucking stupid, no. man. Who are these my people? man? No, we worked on this shit Flame for a Morris. long time, and then we had these people coming on there, and they're like, "This is like selling out," blah blah blah, and we're like, "You know what, man? You don't really know. You have no idea what's going on." So you know what? At the at the at the same time, it's nice that maybe you left a comment. Right. Fuck you. Yeah, right. I I had to walk away. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Don't read that shit, dude. It yeah. has nothing to do with you or what you're doing. It, on, on on the flip side, like say something insightful. You know, if if you really want to dig, there's a lot of work behind. Yeah. Don't right. be a Girl don't Scouts. be an asshole. So yeah. there's a lot that you have you have to say. You could offer something. Yeah. for real. Like if you wanna if you wanna do your homework, if you if you call yourself a nerd, like get in them books. Right. Don't be a hater. Jim Mafu got books. Yeah. Get into it. Books, right. prints, merch, gear. Just go buy Boom. all that shit and study it before you have something to say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, thank you, Jim. Educate Thanks for having me, you guys. Yes. Jim, we hope to have you back. I'll I'll be back. All right. All right. Cool. I'll be back next week. There it is. We're in the neighborhood, dude. We're in the neighborhood. <laughs> we might you have just, to do a. You we just might roll have to on a through food, a food and MERS a MERS. Uh, I would love to do that version. You just yeah. roll on through, man. We're in the neighborhood. For there sure. It is. All right. All right. On some hip hop shit. Keep it funky. This episode of On Some Hip Hop Shit was produced by Brandon Schultz and Adam Silverstein, engineered by Mason Booker, and recorded at the Meltcast Podcast Studios, Hollywood, California. They got street legends. Our theme was produced by King Smo of the Animal Crackers. And a special thanks to Francisco, Gaston, Mark, and Mike Davis. Artwork by Self Uno. Tweet to us at our brand new handle, at on some hip hop shit. And that is what's up. <laughs>